Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Talking Numbers. My name is Paul Jantz and we really hope you've enjoyed the 2021 series of our podcast series. Now, we've got some exciting things to talk about, but today I have the pleasure of chatting to Samantha Dean from Blueprint HQ, which I'm really looking forward to today. We're going to break down a number of key things, maybe things we haven't spoken about on this podcast channel as well. And I think for all of you guys that are listening to this, we've got some loyal listeners, we may have some new listeners, there could be some sensitive topics we're going to raise, but they're going to be very relevant as well. And we're going to be talking about business relationships to mindset. So Sam Dean, welcome to Talking Numbers. Thank you so much, Paul, and thank you for having me. Um, I've been listening to your podcast for a while and I've always um, enjoyed it and also, you know, known you for quite a time and um, we yes. go back a little bit. We do and, and thank you for joining us. And I think, you know, I think every time we, we chat, there's, there's always some great things that come out of it. And when, when we were chatting about this a few weeks ago, I was like, we need to share this to the broader market and that's probably where you and I are mm -hmm. doing this right now and talking numbers. It's like, well, we've got some great things going on. You've got some great knowledge. You work with great people. Um, how do we start sharing that a little bit with everyone? So to all of our loyal listeners, um, strap yourself in for the next 28 minutes or so. If you're in the car, enjoy. Uh, you've got the ability, obviously, to, to scroll back, take notes. So some of the stuff we're going to go into today is going to be fantastic. Now, Sam, your background, and I think, you know, people that may not know about you and about Blueprint HQ, it's probably worth mm -hmm. you sharing. Tell us a little bit about your background. Um, you've been in the industry, obviously, for a number of years. That's how we know each other. Uh, what's your been, sorry, what's been your journey to date? Well, um, I'm going to try to summarise as quick as I can. <laughs> <laughs> I just turned 50 in February, so um, I've just hit my 30-year mark as a as an accountant, um, and I actually just got my pin, um, my FCA, my pin of 25 years from the CAs, um, or IACCAs as they now call it, but I'm going to still call it the Institute, I'm sorry. Um, so, yes, I've been an accountant for a long, long time. I have um, been a partner in a rather large um, firm, I'm the largest locally owned firm up here in Toowoomba. I live um, in the southeast corner but right on the edge of the southeast corner just near Toowoomba um been here for 20 or so years started my career in Creek Street in Brisbane um mm. and then had the interesting task of actually doing my PY um out in Longreach we had an office out in Longreach and um, um if people who don't know where Longreach is or any on international it's right in the middle of Queensland it's literally takes a long time to reach which is not why, <laughs> why it's called Longreach but I was the most isolated PY candidate at the time and I had lots of amazing support from a lot of my friends in the um, top eight back then um, and, you know, got through my PY out there, um, which was always um, impressive for some, but, you know, I was doing what I was doing. I learned to audit and stuff out there and it was out there that I really learned the um, the relationship side of um, accounting and how you can be just so central to people because, you know, out there they didn't have a lot of other people to talk to. And it was back in the day when there wasn't emails or, or internet. People get a bit shocked at that, but yes. Um, so that, that really put me in good stead. So all my friends then um, were in London. You know, you get your PY to go over there, but I decided to stay in Longreach because I met who st my husband, um, who's still my husband, I'm pleased to say. And, um, you know, we were, I was on the property out there and, 
then eventually moved back to Toowoomba, uh, near to Toowoomba, and because Warren didn't want to come down the range. <laughs> and then I um, had my career there for a little while. Now, about two years into that, 2002, I decided for the first time um, I got a little bit overwhelmed with the accounting industry. And because I was a, um, an accountant, I thought it would be a really good idea to open a business with my husband um, and because I was an accountant, I knew everything there was about business, which turned out to be a load of crap. But anyhow, <laughs> so we opened up a tree services business where I learned so much about CRM systems, processes, how to engage with clients, how to schedule work, how to do lots of stuff. And I think my naivety um, served me well, but it also uh, showed me up a lot too. Like I felt that at that stage, um, you know, I was always working with clients saying, why don't you do cash flow? Why don't you do budget and all these self-important things? And I found out what it was like to be a small business owner. Um, and it was very lonely. And it was just when GST had come in. So two years in and you do, you were using the ATO as a as a bit of a bank. <laughs> and I, I remember just so I'm quite embarrassed about it um, saying, you know, it's not the ATO, it's not your number money, it's the ATO number, why did you put it aside? I found out all of those really tough, tough things about being in business and came out of that real, real drive to help business owners um, not make it so lonely. So then I came into Toowoomba and eventually ended up at um, a big firm up here as a partner to, to drive what we call business advisory um and that was an, a whole nother journey which probably is a whole nother podcast <laughs> it developed a program around you know not compromising your business goals for your personal ones um, but again still kept working i think in a very uh, traditional mindset a little bit as well it was a really great journey that was a, a really good business mcconaughey stedman um but you know it was it was a very traditional style of business and I was looking to really drive into some, some new stuff and um it, you know ended up not working. But that was okay. Yeah. They yeah. were very they were fantastic. Um we all acted very well and I took that that advisory style of business out of there into working with SMEs. Um and then accountants started coming to me and saying, Could you do that? And through all of that process I I, we started up um, Blueprint HQ, which was a business that's completely dedicated to helping um, professional services businesses really make that shift from the traditional models into new models going forward. Fantastic. And I think that's the, it's a funny thing is um, one of my previous guests, also a partner in a firm, has moved out because I suppose the we spoke about, and it's a shout out to Phoebe, Dre as well, and we, mm -hmm. we spoke about the um, the ability to take lessons and learn from them, and we're all going <laughs> to yeah, and that's why a lot of things that you were saying before triggered just then. It's like yeah, but the, the the fact is, and you mentioned fifty, and you mentioned your thirty years, and you know what? You with that comes experience, with that comes maturity, with that comes making better decisions. Yeah, um, and things that you don't know when you're twenty five. You're never going to know at 25. It's only no. when you get to 50, you go, well, that then shapes the person I want to be and the people I want to be around and the businesses I want to work with in the future. Absolutely. Um, and it is so true. And I think this is one of the things, um, I mean, because I love the accounting industry, obviously, but I think this is one of the things that we've got to learn too, is that, and I learned, and 
you know, from a personal growth point of view, we call this kind of the midlife crisis or the spiritual awakening <laughs> or the breakdown or whatever you want to do. Um, and then you really do start looking at what's important around you, relationships and, you know, how, how you want to get up every morning and, and really present. And that takes a lot of work and it's really uncomfortable. Um, and it's, you know, interesting that, that you would say that and that listening and getting curious, not just listening to what's happening in around us, but what's happening outside of around us, but also what's happening within us as well as individuals. I don't think we, we get taught that back. I think people today at 25 are getting taught that better than yep. what we were for sure. Yep, I agree. I <laughs> for agree. sure, yeah. Yep. Now let's, so let's go into, yeah, let's think exactly. Let's go into something that, you know, a, a, a few weeks ago when we first started to, to sort of frame this up, let's say, um, I want to talk about the, call it the, the partner model versus the corporate model. Mm -hmm. So in accounting firms, I think most would gravitate towards a partner model. Um, having said that, you know, again, I love this industry. I've been in for a very long time like you have. Um, people have different opinions on that. What's your opinion on, sorry, I'm losing my voice here. What's your opinion on uh, that, well, you know, the debate of which one's better um, what works, what doesn't work? I think that if you, um, if you've really got to decide what you want for yourself, um, if you want um, to stay where you are to basically the partner model to me is an extension of your career. So it's very much, you know, still based on um, the old style. And I think it's, it's important if you really want to talk about to understand the history of the partner model as well. It came about, and actually went out of style or out of legal requirements, you know, in the 80s. Um, but it does back back to the 1880s. And it it is all about trying to isolate your risk and the fact that you are then responsible for your other partners and stuff. But it's also very much that it's a stepping stone in, in your career. So if you want that and you don't want to give up, and this is all fine, there's no right or wrong here, you don't want to give up that and you don't want to, um, build a business outside yourself, I think that a partner model is okay. If you want to really then, you know, build a business, a real business um, that's going to move outside the individuals, you need to go more corporate model. Um, and that means that you're bringing on other expertises and other skills. Um, you're learning a lot more. And then there's a split between your expertise and the business. In a partner's model, you're, you're very much only there because of your expertise. In a corporate model, you're there, you have your expertise for sure, but it's the product of the, of the business um, and there's an, an ego shift there too. So th this is hard work because we have been brought up um, and it's not just a case of which model's better. It's mit you've got to really understand what each model means for the individuals and then take it down. So it depends on where you want to sit. If you want to build a business outside yourself where you don't have to turn up every day, there's only one model. Yep. <laughs> there's the corporate model. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think it's a, it's a funny thing, I suppose. The, um, I suppose maybe the, the larger the firm, maybe the corporate model is more um, prevalent. But, you know, I look at sort of, I don't know, you sort of mentioned Toowoomba yeah. just before, so... Yeah. I think about the power Titan and the, the guys out there and Amanda yep. Canafake and, yeah, yeah. you know, again, she's a CEO of that. So, so they're running with the corporate model. Yes. So it's a, again, I, I think if you, if you're listening to this and you're not sure, go and talk to people who's actually running it. I think most of you, if you've been in the, the industry and, 
been involved with firms for, for long enough, you've probably more been involved in the partner model. Um, and that's yeah, probably going to sure. gonna take us into the, the next line they want to sort of go down, which is interesting. And, and that's the, that's the <clears throat> what happens, you know, let's say when you want to go through the next layer of change, let's say you're not happy with the partner model. Mm-hmm. We all know we all go into business uh, with the best of intentions, whether they're with people you know or sometimes people you don't know, um, which is always difficult. But then people change for different reasons. It forces what I call the business divorce. Yep. Um, so probably a couple of questions here. One, I suppose in, in a married situation, there's sometimes you need to talk about the prenup, which never goes down very well if you've been in that situation. I haven't, so I've been lucky enough never to do that. But in business, what do we do? And is that something that should be raised up front and say, if something, when something goes wrong, what do we have in place is my first question. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, well, my first suggestion is now I am, um, if this had to be one thing that, you know, if you wanted to look at my career that stands out is the fact that I have shifted um, through businesses and relationships in businesses um, a lot, you know, more than your average accountant, mainly because I think that businesses are like marriage. Um, One thing I have learned um, is that you should be extremely careful. You should be more careful going, I think, um, and get to know people more going into business than you are in marriage in a certain way because you don't have that chemistry yep. Yep. <laughs> that you do if you're in love, um, like romantically in love, sorry. Um, yeah. And we don't spend, and I think in the expert professional businesses such as accounting, we do not spend time in that because it is a career progression and I certainly learned that um, because you spend so much time with these people. Yep. We spend a lot of time and a lot of the people we work with um, and some a couple, few that I personally coach um, obviously, I've got an interest in, you know, with, with women as well, being a woman, um, is that the energy and stuff that's taken when you're not, even not bad relationships, just relationships that might not have the, the right boundaries, the right rules and everything set, um, there's a lot of emotional energy drained just because of that. So first of all, the first thing is get to know everybody, get trust where you are. That doesn't necessarily mean it would um, work um, anyhow, but it, it, it gives you an inside running. If you have any feelings or any angst in that process, don't go into business with people because getting out of businesses is hard. Correct. Um, so the one thing I loved about Macronicky 7 is it's, it's, um, it is, I thought, was standard, but it has the most amazing shareholder agreements um, and all partnership agreements as they was, were then. Um, and we only knew the rules. So I went in there because it was a big firm. I went in there and I knew these rules. Uh, rules. I went through the rules and said, you know, you either like them or you don't. Um, and if you don't like them, it doesn't matter. Don't go into business. That's fine. Um, so we knew the rules. So when it did come to me to leave, I knew um, what to do and everyone knew what to do. So it really gave us a, a rules to play by. Um, I've done a lot of work, a lot of merger acquisition work and facilitation work with businesses. The nastiest separations I've ever seen weren't divorce. Um, divorce. It was, um, you know, business partners getting out um, without rules. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, but they're super important. And I've since been in a couple of businesses where we did that. You know, people would say, oh, well, we'll be right. No, we won't. Sort yourself out. Get your rules of play when everything's happy. And because I think that... And I think, sorry, sorry to chop you off there. And, and I yeah. think the, 
sometimes this can happen, and I'm, I was only talking to someone about this only last week, that, and because it wasn't done at the time and maybe it wasn't pushed by the, all parties at the time, suddenly you're three months, suddenly it's six months, suddenly you're celebrating one year in business and the agreement still hasn't been signed off. Yeah, and the thing is, is it's kind of like, you know, people say, to, you know, we one of the things that we used to certainly do as a firm when I was in um, practising accounting firms is help people with shareholder agreements and, you know, get those fundamentally things in when we didn't have the signed agreement. Well, I've always had signed agreements, but, um, you know, in place as well. And it's not the plumber has leaking pipes. If you don't have, if you don't understand the benefit of what these documents can do for you, how can you then go and sell them as products yourself? Um, And you can't. I think there's something silly, like I'm going to say 86% of businesses don't have a formal agreement and when they bring people in, they usually bring them in because they need money or whatever the case is. Yes. Um, And there's a lot of people make, you know, lawyers and everything who work around that. Um, I was about to say, and they're they're the winners at the end of the day because this turns into a legal situation and then it's the lawyers that you're going to have to pay $10,000 for just Hmm. to commence work as opposed to something that you could have put in place at the start. Absolutely. And one thing I do know for sure, um, because I've done it myself, is that, um, and I've seen other people do it, if you can get the emotional reasons why people are leaving and stuff and you can have those hard, difficult conversations um, right at the beginning, um, it's much easier. And then if you don't do that, that's fine because I'm sure there's a lot of people um, out who are going, oh, shit, I haven't signed anything. Um, if you do get in trouble, then it's got to, you've got to talk about the emotions. These are, we're all people in doing this, um, so you need to understand why people are doing it and it's very rarely for money and it's very rarely for what what's people saying. And at least if you have a rules of play, you can take some of that emotion away and put some um, boundaries in yes. and that becomes a whole lot easier because this is hard things when you split any relationship, it's hard. So, you know, adding that harder, um, harder layer and not having the rules um, makes it even harder. Agree, agree. So let's, my, my second part to this question was, um, let's say someone's in the middle of that right now and they're, they're feeling like, well, you know what, I don't have a signed agreement, therefore we're, we're possibly not on the same page and the other parties won't sign um, and possibly looking to exit. What's your advice there? What, where, where, where do we move? I would get an independent facilitator in who's really good at managing relationships yep. um, to start off with and see if, if you can come to some kind of agreement um, off the law or courts or off law, law if you like. Um, I find that that works um, way better than everything else, certainly. Um, I've done a lot of work in that space. And okay. when I've had my a business split, um, I had one last year, not a big dramatic one, but, uh, you know, I actually got always bring someone else in the room because mm. you've got to bring someone else who has no vested interest in, into it to keep it, to keep it safe because you, you do, it does get personal and you've got to, you've got to have a, um, be once removed from that. Yep. This is businesses we're talking about, and you've got to also remember that new normally the businesses don't just affect you. 
that affects, even if you don't have staff, it affects clients, it affects a lot of other people. So you need to try to do it as best you can. And that does mean spending some money on experts. <laughs> yeah. No, look, yeah. it's, a, it's a fair point because you sort of mentioned it at the start of this when you spoke about your marriage. And yeah. if we were having relationship challenges, yep. you would probably go and You'd see a, a specialist. You'd go and see a counsellor, exactly. And you would talk about that. And um, someone independent can make it you know, give some advice based on that. So that's what you just said then is, is fantastic because we would do that from a, from a personal point of view. Why wouldn't we do it from a business point of view? And you not that you've got more to lose, but there's, you've got just as much to lose sometimes because you've built an asset or, you know, well, how do you now realize that asset if you want out and all these sorts of things, if you don't have a shareholder agreement in place. And also just looping back a little bit on that, um, having a slightly different look at it. Businesses are personal. Like, you know, one of the things that I used to say was, you know, don't bring your problems to work and do it. This is crap. Like we're personal people. So this is extremely personal stuff. And we've got our expert um, ego on the line on some of this stuff as well. The emotion involved and, you know, we put our heart, and most people I, I know put their hearts and souls into their businesses and everything as well. This is highly emotive stuff. This is highly personal. And, um you should be getting counsellors in, um, coaches maybe, um, not mm, necessarily mm. marriage counsellors, even though no. they'll probably do a good job as well. Because what, what I've learned, which actually frustrates the hell out of me, is that business is all about people and it's the relationship sides and the skills that we are not given when we do our practising certificates and all of that stuff, the skills of negotiation, the skills of difficult conversations, of feedback loops, of getting, being empathetic, of listening to your own feelings, of listening to others, you know, blah, 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 that we're not taught that we, and, and in marriage too, we should be taught that more too. Yeah. But um, any kind of relationships that gets us in trouble. Most, I don't think I've ever been involved in a business split um, for, from a client's, you know, from, from my work that hasn't been involved completely relationship-based. Interesting. Yeah, one, which was a corporate buyer, but yeah. Yes, yes. There was a lot of emotion in that too because they all thought they were getting ripped off. But <laughs> well, well, that's what happens, isn't it? Because someone will often feel like they're losing out or they've, they've added, they've put more value into it and they're not getting that value out of it. And um, it's very, you said it before as well, you used the word emotion. It's important to keep that out of the mix, but it's easy for it to come into the mix. Oh, it's always in the mix. Yep. They're always in the mix. We're humans. We're based on Again, emotions. Exactly, because we're humans, 100%. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the expert mindset and the business mindset. Mm -hmm. Can you expand on a little bit more of that for all of our listeners? Would love to. Um, so when, when, when I'm talking about mindset, I'm talking about the, our way of thinking. And we have been bought, as experts, we are um, bought up. Um, to be very um, technical trained. So we spend, I don't know, some people spend five or six years, some people spend decades on getting our expert um, um, expertise right. And that's a very, um, that has a very specific mindset about it. It's based on our own experience. It's based on very internally. It's based on looking good in front of the client. It's based a little bit more on apathy. It's always based on our knowledge, our solutions. Um, and particularly, I think, in the tax accounting industry as well, um, it is very um, more based on that. And we've been really successful in that as well. 
there's a kind of a lack of um, curiosity in that too. Um, and you do, and it's reactive too. It's based on what's in front of us as opposed to what's going to happen. And that's any expert. And you do need this mindset at times. There's no question about it. Um, but the, um, op- I think almost an opposite to that is the business mindset, which is very much a unit based. So indiv- experts, ego and individual based. And then, um, and then, you know, based on our experiences and then the business mindset is based on what's best for the business, you know, really being proactive, what's going to happen, what these are the different things that are going to happen, or if we don't know what's going to happen, how can I get as agile as much as possible so I can just meet it. Expert um, mindset tends to be very much based on the transaction, whereas um, business is based on relationships um, you know, whether they all clients, people and everything, it always is interesting. One really good way to look at this is our client. When we look at our client expert, we look at the transaction we can help them with. When we look from a business mindset is I need to get to know my client better so I understand what their wants and needs are so I can actually develop product around that. Whereas in expert, we our product is built um, around our service, you know, what we do, whereas yes. business mindset, it's about what the client wants and needs. Um, so that's, you know, a couple of good examples, empathy, a business mindset is very empathetic to all the people, a business mindset as a leader also realizes that we have to remove ourselves as much as possible from the business because every, you cannot have a business that's reliant. If you want a, a business that is saleable and scalable, you cannot, um, have it relying on one person. And our partnership models and the expert model is reliant on one person's expertise, um, yes. whereas a business, you basically don't want it relying on anything if you can get it truly valuable. And that, that's one of the big things. So it, there's a lot of lot more de- depth I can go do a whole hour on just the mindset, but it's just the different ways to look at things. Um, and I think if we spend, as I said, decades getting ready for the expert, um, we spend 12 minutes getting ready the business um, and that's about how long it takes to get an ABN and stuff Um, and if it's a career progression I doubt we even spend that I I can't tell you you know the CPD hours and stuff and I've argued with the institute you know some of the things about this as well all the hard skills everyone wants the hard skills I hate the term hard and soft by the way but it's for lack of better words yes um and then the unappreciated, if you do not have the soft skills, the relationship skills and the business mindset and relationship mindset going into the future, we're in trouble because we're moving for, we've moved from the muscle style of businesses, the industrial age into the brain, which is the expert style businesses that we all work in. We're moving into the heart-centered ones over you know, any major business leader. And that's another thing that business does over expert is we look outside our own industries We look outside into the wide world to see what's happening. What's happening out there is everyone saying we need heart-centered businesses, we need safe places, safe businesses, safe communities, safe everything, Um, and they're going to be based on relationships. We are not taught that when we become experts and we need to change our skills. Yeah, interesting, interesting. I think that's the the challenge, I suppose, Um, and we spoke about lessons before and maturity and (laughs) grey hair and all these sorts of things, but but you're right, it's, you know, and and hopefully – to all of our listeners that resonated and a couple of, I know I wrote down some key things there. It's a, it's a matter of what did resonate there for you and what didn't and what can you do about it as well. Um, so Sam, do, do you, 
do you think um, it's up to each of us to work out where we sit, whether we're the expert or or a business mindset? What, what's your thoughts there? Um, I think just opening up, like the um, you know, some of the work that I've done um, is very much based on Carol Dweck's work, which is the growth to um, sorry, the fixed uh, growth mindset, and it, you will sit on the spectrum of that, but. Again, it's what do you want? What do you desire to do? You know, trying to shift mindset does take work, um, but it is very teachable and very learnable. What I hope doesn't happen, though, is that at some point or another an external force requires you to make it real quick. And by that I mean a disruption happens and you have to start really thinking in a business mindset fast. Um, you know, try to do some of this sort of stuff on your own terms. If you think it's important... Um, to start just open up your mind in a bit. That's all I'm asking. So it, it, mm. no, one, no one can judge it except for yourself yep. um, and you just need to decide. But, yeah, I just try to frame it so people can move on the spectrum. It's mm. a very good point. And then it's mm. something it's, it's probably really important to actually give yourself some time and some space oh, to actually exactly. give thought to. Yeah, yeah you, you need to think about this stuff. Like yeah. this is the problem we've got in the tax, uh, you know, is that, in most businesses and that this, the, you know, the patriarch's success is about how many dollars you turn. Well, first of all, you've got to, success for me is about building fantastic relationships because I can tell you what, that has got me through everything. Um, not how much money I'm making or whatever. And the more better relationships I build, the better, more money I make. So I that was that. a, yeah, and it was a real shift. The Alpha Dollar Mindset shift, m- mindset says to us, we have to turn up and do hours and hours and hours and hours, and that's what will be successful. It doesn't actually work. Um, we <clears> need <throat> to spend our hours where they bring us most um, time and space. Any kind of change, any kind of mindset shift or anything I've talked about today needs time. You actually need space. And it was really hard for me to pull out of that hours for mindset thing, hours for dollar, sorry, um, an expert mindset. I mean, I would still love to tell you exactly what to do. That's expert mindset. But I know that you can't tell anyone <laughs> how to do it because you certainly can't tell me. But yes. I also know that if I can talk to you, spend lots of time in conversation and you come up with the ideas and you actually explore them all yourself and we slowly shift it, that you will have way more success, way more success, and you will build relationships um, as well. That takes time, that takes learning, and that takes a great deal of faith and trust as well because we are undoing what we've been taught. Yes, and that is the, the old, you know, whether it's paradigm shift, mindset shift, it, it really is, isn't it, because you are breaking out. And, and the fact is most people don't like change. God, I don't um, like change. I'm a change queen, but I can't yeah. enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly right, but, it, but it's only you start enjoying it when you see the positive benefits from it. Yes. And, you know, if, if we, we all wouldn't know, we've all done that type of um, in order to be in the positions we're in. Well, we've, we've done things that it's taken us to another level, whether it be in our intellect or whether it be in mm-hmm. our learning, whether it be we've all done it. So it's about challenging yourself to that next stage, in my opinion. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it does, people change when the, the um, pain of not changing becomes greater than the change the the yep. pain of of changing yep. and 
you know, I thought after COVID and everything that has happened that that would have already, the, some of the shift has happened and it, it has happened with some people, but I'm a little concerned that it's not happening enough, but um, mm. that's just my opinion. But, yeah, no, yeah. It's, good, it's, it's a good point. Um, look, just in looking to wrap up because, you know, again, we could talk for another 35, <laughs> 45, 55 minutes and I'm sure, you know, again, there'll be plenty of value in this for everybody that's listening. But as a wrap-up type of for our listeners, what's a piece of advice that you'd love to share? Advice, lesson, good, bad? Um, what's something that you can leave with our listeners? Take the time to get curious. Just start exploring it. Don't do don't do it. Do it small steps at a time, though. If you try to really start, because remember, we've all got to make money. We've all got to continue our lives and everything. But just do one little thing a day that can make you a little bit more curious. And the more curious you get, and you just read a little bit more. Go and grab one of the best pieces of advice. Go and grab a magazine like that, uh, you know, or maybe not a magazine, do we even do that anymore? But um, <laughs> go, and, go and read a book you would otherwise not, not read that might teach you something else. And then okay. just, just little, little curious things. Listen, listen to podcasts, listen, listen to stuff that's simply that you can put in your day rather than scrolling through Facebook on the train. Um, you know, listen to um, the Business Habitat, my, my podcast, or listen to other people talking on this podcast, you know, about different things. Pick topics that you might not have thought about before. You know, and, and look, brilliant. Um, and I think the, you, you made an interesting comment just then about Facebook. Now, whether it's Facebook or Instagram and, in, you know, nowadays if you've got an Apple phone, it actually tells you how long you're on your phone for and it tells you what apps you're on more. And if you looked at that, and you even yeah. put fifty percent of that time into what you just stated mm-hmm. there in terms of curiosity to learn, um, you'd be again better off. So, what a great piece of advice to remember. Whether that is to go to your phone and have a look at how much time you do spend on these social media platforms that are full of crap and uh, false, and just my opinion, and all these sorts of things. But again, think about if you had to put fifty percent of that time back in, and it tells you how long, how many hours for the week and for the month. So if you had to look at that and said, how do I change that and looked at some of the, the, the key business uh, podcasts or yes. personal podcasts or Audible or books, whatever it may be, and whatever you've got the be. ability to, to start that change to curiosity. So, so what always to listen to people that you enjoy and that, you know, maybe a bit funny or fun, fun as well or, or something like that that's going to make you stick with it. But, yes, just, yeah, I agree. Brilliant. You have the time. Exactly. And that's the thing. People often say, oh, I don't have the time. Well, I call it yes, because you do. Yeah, <laughs> You just choose to spend it in different ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Samantha Dean, thank you very much. Again, um, to all of our listeners, you can tell that there's, there's this is a great part that I love about hosting these podcasts is that people have, that have got a passion for just making a difference and this is all about providing an educational platform to you guys that says, what's one or two or three things that I can take away? Even if it was just one thing that you took away and you thought, you know what, you're right. I might go and have a look at how much time I spend on Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook, combine them all and say, if I had to spend 50% of that time on X, what would that be? Yep. You're better than you were, you know, you're more in front of better than you were yesterday. Absolutely. Um, And that's the great point about this. So, 
Sam, thanks for joining us today. Um, it's, it's been wonderful. I've really enjoyed it. Good luck for the rest of 2021. Thank you so much, Paul. It's been fantastic. It's been Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for joining us to listening to our Talking Numbers podcast. Um, we've got plenty of several big name guests to come. And obviously, if you've liked anything you've heard, please go back. Please like it. Please share it. Please comment on it. Um, and more importantly, if you like what we're doing, please make sure you check us out on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all our different socials, The Professional Partners, and you'll find us there. Thanks for listening. Thank you.